Welcome back to Tay Radio Marin. I'm your host, Annalie Reyes, here with... Your co-host, Javier Vicuna. And on today's show, we have two special guests, Kathleen and Librado. They're from the Adult Justice Care Team at MCM, Multicultural Center Marin. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Librado. I'm the Adult Justice Program Manager. My name is Kathleen. I'm a Justice Care Coordinator. All right. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to be here. We're excited to talk more about how we can support the homeless community in Marin. And before that, I would want to start with an icebreaker question. So just to alleviate any stressful <laughs> um, emotions. So what is your favorite to go to for breakfast? Like favorite restaurant? Mm, no, like... Or like favorite food to eat like for breakfast? Favorite food to eat for breakfast. Oh. This can be like things that you cook normally in the morning <laughs> so what i usually do well uh because my daughter i get her ready for uh school so when we get up i'll cook her like the breakfast it's like a it's a corn dog but with sausage and pancake around it instead of the oh, actual whoa. corn dog so i, I like making super those. good yeah all right. Oh my God, that sounds really good. <laughs> um, I'm really big on eggs Benedicts, so I can't cook very well at all. It's not like I make those from home, um, but I typically try to find a spot on the weekends to go out, have some brunch with my friends, and get one of those. What is eggs Benedict? You know what eggs Benedict? No, what is? That? They're like a, served on English muffins, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, it's like English muffin, ham, a poached egg, and then they put this thing called hollandaise Holland- sauce on oh, top. So good. Which is, I'm pretty sure, it's just more egg and butter and i'm not i think it has sure. mustard too i'm not sure i don't know what the exact <laughs> ingredients but they put that on top you don't like it's it really good. Oh. it's too much food sometimes <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. for me that's a great choice eggs bennett that's my dad's favorite actually uh but for me I, i'm a scrambled eggs guy mm-hmm. i mean it's just so easy to make you just put yeah. in like some bacon some sausage some jack cheese scramble that all together with some avocado mm. Oof, you're set you're set <laughs> that's that for me Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. For me, it would be avocado toast with a um, fried pan egg. Mm. Uh, and then deep pepper. Fried, deep fried egg, right? Or is that what you call it? Fried egg? Uh, sunny side. Sunny side. Sunny side? Well, I only know in Spanish it's like estrellados, but those with uh, pepper and taste really good, mm-hmm. especially since... I'm vegetarian, so I don't mm. put ham oh, or anything right. that. So it's really good. <laughs> um, but moving on, we just want to talk in the first half about issues about homeless people that we face here in Marin. So um, I guess I can start with Librado. What is your role as the adult justice program manager? So my role basically through um, MCM is to um, work with the homeless population Um and we also team up with other organizations. Like before, um, our contract was through BHRS, and now it's through AB 109, which is probation, uh, the sheriff's department, stuff like that. So, Cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kathleen, what is uh, your role as the um, justice care coordinator? Yeah, so I primarily work at the Marin County Jail. Um, I work with individuals who are in custody who are going to be released soon. And my job is to go meet with them, see if there's any resources they need to be connected to, um, any services that we can provide to hopefully help them have a better start when they are released um, and hopefully break any kind of cycle that they might be in. So traditionally, kind of anything that falls in line with that can be anything from helping to try to find housing, 
clothing, programs, et cetera. Nice. And how did, I guess, Librari can start. Um, how did you guys um, ended up in your positions? Like, what led you guys? Um, well, I'm going to break out with my, my story personally right now. Um, I, was, I used to be homeless. I used to be drug addict, gang members, in and out of jails. Um, and then at some point, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, well, let's go back a little bit more. Back when I was three years old, I was hanging out with gang members. I was hanging, I started doing drugs. Well, started smoking cigarettes, started drinking. Um, by the age of six, I was drinking already, you know. Um, so, yeah, living in L.A., I mean, that's basically, there's all that's all there was to do, you know, is get in trouble, you know, live that troubled life. So now that I've gone through what I've gone through, I went into a program. And from there, I realized I wanted to help people, people that were in my situation, people that were, you know, going through what I went through. Mm -hmm. So I decided um, that would be the career that I wanted to get to. So I started working with St. Vincent's as a uh, guest service manager. Working with everybody I used to get high with, used to get in trouble with, you know, um, and they saw the change in me, so they pushed me to be in this work more, you know. So that's where I decided working with people is where I wanted to do, and that's the only thing I wanted to do, so. That's beautiful. I mean, thank you again yeah. for, for sharing that mm -hmm. story. Again, mm -hmm. I think that's just... It just goes to show anyone can change, yeah, you know. Anyone definitely. is possible to change, and yeah. you're helping... In doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's so cool. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing. And how did that lead to? Because I, from what I remember, actually, Kathleen, I'll just let you explain how you got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Yeah, so I was born and raised in Marin County. Um, was always really interested in helping, you know, especially with homelessness. I think a lot of um, areas in Marin County lack a little bit of compassion uh, for the homeless population. And went to school down in L.A. Um, and ended up getting my master's degree in criminal justice mm. and moved back to Marin County during the pandemic and could not find a job to save my life. I think a lot of people um, during that time have similar stories. But yeah. um, I happened to take part in a program <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah. to kind of do something in in my free time. Um, while I was still looking and I got put into a breakout room with a stranger named Lee Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> and one day we were talking, um, I think we'd finished up our work a little early. And so we were just kind of chatting and he was asking me how I was doing. And I was telling him I was having trouble finding a job and he's like, I have a job. <laughs> and about <laughs> a week or two later, you know, I was signing the papers. And so it was very serendipitous and, um, I got really lucky, but I'm really lucky with the position I'm in right now. I knew I wanted to get into the criminal justice system, but I didn't necessarily want to be in law enforcement mm -hmm. just personally. Mm -hmm. And so I feel really lucky that this is a position where, you know, my sole job is to help kind of just purely support people during their release process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting how you... You guys connected. <laughs> it's really fun. I've I've heard this story before, but it's, it's very cool to hear again just how things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really nice how like we we see your change to Librato, and it's really nice to hear your story as well. I know it's very hard to share it out, especially mm -hmm. to other people, but I 
props to you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know, like working in this field may not be easy at, at some times. So um, I guess we can start with you. Um, what events have you encountered um, in your job that seemed very hard, but you made it through? Yeah, without getting in, into anything super specific, mm -hmm. um, it really depends on the client. I mean, there are so many clients that have so many backstories and experiences and, and their own traumas and cultures that you have to take into consideration, you know, when you're working with them. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a few different times, you know, I think it depends on, I like to kind of mentally triage people. So for me, the first concern I have is, is your physical health. And, mm -hmm. you know, that includes your mental health and also you know, do you have enough food, water, and shelter um, before we can even start working on anything else? And so we have had certain instances where there have been people who have had medical conditions that we have to work with, you know, concurrently with whatever they have going on. So, you know, if you or I have a medical condition, we can usually get medication for that. We have access to a doctor or a hospital. A lot of people who are currently unhoused don't have access to those things, um, which is just another barrier for them to receive care and to hopefully get off of the streets. Um, so I would say that's kind of our more hard cases are definitely the ones that involve um, the medical. multiple layers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, medical. Absolutely. And what about you, Libra? <laughs> um, like she said, uh, we've had people, um, our most difficult cases are the ones that are medically, the ones that are, that need the medical assistance, um, but they're in denial of it. Or they keep refusing it you know those are our hardest um, cases because we got to keep going back to them go back to them go back to them mm -hmm. till they finally say okay we'll 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 do it you know so that's great yeah um, well thank you both for sharing that um, again it's not an easy job by any stretch uh -huh. of the imagination but you guys I think are just really well yeah I think what comes with the job, right, is you just have to understand what you're getting into. Yeah. Like you already know yeah. what you're getting into mm -hmm. when you sign up for the yeah. job. And that's very important because mm -hmm. I feel also when, let's say, you put yourself in the shoes. Because you put you guys, you, I, I'm sure you guys do this all the time. You guys put yourself in the shoes of the yeah. clients that you oh, guys yeah. help out. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you can't understand that to begin with, mm -hmm. then you're not going to be successful in doing the yeah. job. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because... Um, what a lot of people tend to think about the homeless community here in Santa Fe, especially because it's, it's it is a big issue and it's an ongoing issue yeah. mm -hmm. that we face here all every day. Yeah. Everyone here f uh, faces every day. Um, I forgot who said this, but someone told me that like the homeless is part of the community. Yeah. Like they're oh, yeah, they're definitely. your neighbors. Yeah. Like homeless people are your neighbors. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not gonna go away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if people don't do anything about it, then it's going to cause even more issues. Yeah. You're going to see even more issues on the streets. Yeah. And, um, you know, with that said, how many clients do you guys handle at a time? Um, like, how are the caseloads? How does that kind of process work? So the process for that is right now we don't really carry a caseload. Okay. We just get referred everybody and anybody through any, for at least me, I get referred people just walking into MCM building or walking down the street. Um and I never say no to them, even though my contract's solely with probation right now. We don't say, we try not to say no to anybody. You know, that's our one rule. Mm -hmm. um, 
but we do have to focus on probation clients a little bit more than anybody else. Gotcha. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. but we, we don't say, no, we can't help you because our contract, this and that. But we do, um, we, what we do is we'll assess them right then and there, like a visual assessment, and we will assign them basically homework of what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if they're capable of filling out the paperwork. Okay, go ahead and fill out the paperwork and we'll meet next week. You know, something like that. We'll start off small. But yeah. Mm. Gotcha. Have, have you guys encountered a homeless person who didn't have like any paperwork like for them to apply to jobs? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And how are you guys like able to like help manage them? Like I always been curious mm-hmm. to know. Um, well, we look for, um, well, there's a case manager that works with downtown street teams mm-hmm. that works solely with people that are undocumented mm-hmm. and finding them jobs and stuff like that. So, yeah. or we'll, um, look up, we'll find contractors, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes contractors will just hire them like that, you know? So there, there are ways and, um, we, there's always a solution. So mm-hmm. great. I like that. There's always a solution to anything. <laughs> right. For real. Um, but another question that I had was what causes so many homeless people to get incarcerated? And I know this can be a, a very broad <laughs> subject. Yeah, I think again it depends on the person, but mm. I think what we see a lot of is usually it's part of a greater cycle. So mm. for example, and it's hard to tell kind of what comes first. So you may have people who have um, substance abuse issues, or you may have people who are struggling with their mental health Mm -hmm. or have had a major trauma or, you know, crisis in their life that has impacted them financially. And, and, you know, and then sometimes they feed each other, right? So for example, someone who starts off not homeless and, you know, has some kind of mental health disorder that's, you know, gone untreated and they can't afford to get the help that they need, it can start to kind of accelerate you know from there and and grow as an issue from there so i think those are kind of the main issues that we see unless Mm -hmm. he brought up things i'm missing anything but no i think that's the main thing also just you know being out in the elements Mm -hmm. um like especially during winter you know there's a lot of people that don't have housing they don't know where to go you know they keep getting kicked out of you know um overheads and stuff where it's you know where it's dry for them so the only choice they feel like they have is do cause trouble, go to jail, mm-hmm. have a dry place to stay, yeah. free food, you know? So a lot of it during the winter, it's most, it's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I saw through Instagram was I, I saw that they were uploading videos of people who are homeless. Oh, yeah. Sharing the their... Tales from the Streets, I think that's yeah. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I saw a lot of what you mentioned that they own, they have their own stories, and yeah. some have like um, trauma issues, mm-hmm. and so that just shows that mental health is very important and should be talked about, and should be like it should be very open for everyone to get resources when they need mm-hmm. help. Yeah, and for for just to add to that, I think that bringing aware awareness mm-hmm. to that because one thing I've always done is I've always tried to put myself. I know I mentioned this before, but I I do like when I see a homeless person there, I just always think like, dang, like how did they get to that position? You know what I mean? Like why? And sometimes there's some really like kind homeless people, right? There's some really, really great kind people. They're just in a really 
just unfortunate situation yeah. that mm-hmm. put them there. Sometimes homelessness can also come from losing your job. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of people who have degrees who I've yeah. heard mm-hmm. over in Oakland and there's probably some over here too, but I've seen like, again, stories of people who were like at, at these great organizations, but the organizations, you know, went yeah. bankrupt and they had, they lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so scary to like think about too. Cause like yeah. it could literally happen to you. It could happen to me. It can happen yeah. to anyone. Yeah. There's a saying, yeah. I think most Americans are one emergency away from, from being homeless, you know, one major emergency. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Like it's, it can be scary to think about that too. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. but like, I guess, uh, that also helps us be empathetic to those who are going through a rough time yeah for sure and i think one of the things that i i've heard before in my a push um class when i was in high school we would go, we would go over um about homeless people and one thing that stood out to me that my teacher said was that some homeless people like they they made it into a question whether if it was fair for homeless people to um or like he said that if it was like best for homeless people to go to jail just so that they can have a place to sleep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i think you mentioned that it's kind of common yeah um but is it like the majority in 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 winter or is it also in summer as well i think mostly in uh winter Mm -hmm. just because it's raining and they're wet um, I know when I was out there during the winter, it was rough. It mm-hmm. was there was a point in time where I was like, "Dude, I'm just gonna go to jail," you know. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't fun, you know. The mm-hmm. tent was getting filled up with mud and water, you know. There was, Dang. it was just a lot, you know. Especially during the storms now, yeah, it gets it gets really hard, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I in that position, I would I'd rather be in jail. Yeah. Right. yeah, and and in jail they provide food too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they provide everything that that they need. But I think a lot of it's based on survival. You know, mm-hmm. Lee brought us right as far as one thing people don't consider is, you know, for us we have one rainy day. Your clothes get a little wet. You go home. You change into dry clothes. People who are unhoused don't have the same ability to no. do that. If no. they get wet like one day, they could be soaking wet for a week. You yeah. know, and that could get them sick. Yeah, you yeah. think about how it affects your health, your hygiene, everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. And so it really is. I think. A matter, you know, in some cases of just survival. You mm-hmm. know, people are going to do what they have to do in order to survive and get food, shelter, and water. Mm-hmm. Um, so, unfortunately, I think there probably is. Again, it depends on on what your client population is, and for us, it's always mm-hmm. changing. Um, but I do think you definitely see probably an uptick, especially when we have those big storms. And I think that also leads into my kind of next comment on on this is that. What what I've noticed too from the clients that come in mm-hmm. um, is that a lot of them are just so uh, untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of 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 a lot, not of yeah. not just people, but like the organizations mm-hmm. and everything else. Like we always end up kind of being, I feel like, the last hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a lot in a lot of ways, because they've already gone through the other organizations, mm-hmm. and the thing is, I think a lot of people fail to realize that. Oh, well, if they're homeless, they could just go to a homeless shelter. It's like yeah. no, it's not that mm-hmm. simple. Right. Like a lot of them either have trauma or have had, you know, some sort of abuse or some yeah. sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, the, they got hurt by someone here specifically because the homeless community, it's its own community. Yeah, so they yeah. all kind of know each other yeah. mm-hmm. and they all kind of create their own little groups. They all have their own little cliques in these within these homeless communities. And what ends up happening is if you don't click with any of them, then you're by yourself. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. people out there that are at these homeless shelters that are just like, you know, they scare 
other people yeah. away. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I don't want to go to that homeless shelter because yeah. I'll see so-and-so there. And I feel like that's unfortunately super common among the the women who are homeless. Yeah. yeah. Who I feel like just face so much abuse yeah. um, out there because they're so vulnerable. And like that kind of stuff really just makes me really upset. But yeah. Yeah, things can get really complicated. Yeah, it it, it it definitely does for sure. You know, um, there was a, when I was out there, um, we had our own little group, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of guys and then a couple of girls, but we'd always sit there and protect them no matter what, you know. One thing we had within our group is um, what we told each other is we'd never lose our morals. Mm-hmm. Even though we're out here, we're doing drugs, we're acting dumb, we're going in and out of jail. Protecting the women is number one, you know, mm-hmm. um, respecting others, you know, all those little those little things have kept us in a position. And a lot of the people in that group are sober and they're out, they're housed and, you know, they're doing what they need to do. Right. You know, but it's just because we we uh, had the accountability for each other that we would not go beyond a certain point. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, I I feel like that's pretty interesting your story because I I feel like in certain situations where there's like homeless people, but there's a lot of gangs too, and so yeah. like I know it, it it can be very hard for homeless people at night because it can be like they can be very paranoid, mm-hmm. um, because like there's gangs, you know, um, yeah. and like. You never know what can happen at night, too. Yeah. So it's, like, very scary as well. So. Yeah. So there was a point in time when I was on drugs and I was just losing my housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was walking home to go to work the next day, and I was stabbed 10 times by rival gang members right behind yeah. Davidson, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And then, like, when we were out, when I was actually homeless and, you know, we were sleeping as a group, you know, there was at least 10 of us. And one dude decided to come and throw a big old metal thing at the dude sleeping right next to me. Jesus. But luckily he woke up and was able to kick it, you know. But we, you know, if we weren't in a group and he, he was assaulted, you know, nothing. Who would He wouldn't known. have survived. Yeah, like, how would yeah. he have survived? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why a lot of also people click up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really tough out there and yeah. I'm so glad that you guys are able to, to be there to help and yeah. be res- have resources for them because yeah. there needs to be help with them too it's not just you know normal people who need help too it's uh, people who like I feel like one thing that I've noticed is that homeless people like it's very um, you can see that they're struggling and so like for us like we struggle too, but we can also help them too, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I guess one thing before we move on to the next half, um, I just wanted to end in a happy note. So, um, what is one thing that you guys love about your job um, that just brings, brings up your day? <laughs> oh my goodness. I think, any kind of success that we have, no matter how small it is. I mean, you really do share your your clients' pain. You share their successes. You know, you share um, so much with them. And, and I will say in this field, it's hard mm-hmm. because it is a hard path, both for you and the client. You know, you both have to put that work in together. And so sometimes it's, it's a repetitive process. But 
you know, to me, it makes it completely worth it. Every time just one person, you know, Mm -hmm. breaks a cycle, no matter how big or how small it is, it's a huge accomplishment. You know, the Mm -hmm. time somebody completes a program for the first time or, you know, gets a job for the first time, or Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, we'll get a letter back and the office will just be in tears because, you know, they'll just say, thank you for not giving up on me, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I think for me, it's just, Anything that I can cheer on, I'm like, I'm your personal cheerleader. You know, I want to see you succeed, and, and that's what I'm yeah. here for. So, yeah, basically the same thing, you know, the little ex- the success stories. Um, like even to this day, I see clients that were housed, you know, with still smiling. You know, that's what brings me joy because mm-hmm. those are f- so far in between mm-hmm. that, like, you're like, oh, man, at some point you just feel like giving up, you know, but then you see that client, they're smiling, and you're like, oh, that's why I do it, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, we're not going to do this and get famous. We're not going to do this and be rich, you know, <laughs> and that's not what we're in it for, you mm-hmm. know. We're in it to help others because we share their pain, you know, and we love helping the community. Mm-hmm. No, I, I thank you guys for, like, sharing. I think it's really contagious of Mm -hmm. when there's um people who do succeed and Mm -hmm. uh, make a change and that's what like i i get happy just hearing stories about that too even though i do a different type of work Mm -hmm. um i'm sure they will remember you guys for helping (laughs) for sure like yeah it's it's really a tough job, but I see that's very rewarding. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I just yeah. wanted to add it's it's a process. Yeah. So just any kind of win, any kind of mm-hmm. success is is huge, right? Yeah. Because um, again, when you're working in this field, you're used to this negativity. You're used mm-hmm. to like all of the ne- all of the bad things that come, you know, or you know that you see out there in the street. Mm-hmm. But when you are able to just do one, just one thing to make you know, a client's day or mm-hmm. to really see them succeed. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, like seeing clients that you worked with before and seeing them actually like housed, they're like, you know, mm-hmm. they're back doing great. Like it's yeah. just that type of success is just awesome. Like that, that's mm-hmm. really what keeps you guys, I'm assuming motivated, right? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah and doing definitely. the work that you guys do. And yeah. again, it motivates me to just be good to people. You know, that's mm-hmm. the, at the end of the day, that's, that, that, that's all there is to it. Just be good to yeah. people. Yeah. Um, because unfortunately, like we've been saying, there's a lot of people that take advantage of others or that just are just generally have no morals, yeah. right? It's all yeah. about keeping your morals straight, mm-hmm. being, you know, keeping your loved ones close and yeah. knowing that you're able to help out mm-hmm. people if you try, if yeah. you put in the time and the work. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, this all reminds me of my first grade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my teacher would show us a story of like where we fill the bucket to someone else. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. that story where you fill in some, someone's bucket with happiness and mm-hmm. then it just, it it's contagious and it just mm-hmm. flows around other people. And I think, that's what's going on here with yeah. like the success of one person can help other people around yeah. his circle or her circle. Yeah. And it's just very impactful. Yeah. So it's really nice to, to see that, um, in your jobs and yeah, I just don't get discouraged. I know you guys <laughs> are not, but you know, um, you know, keep fighting. You guys got this and we'll be right back. We'll be playing a song by Ismael Laura and yeah, hope you enjoy. With you by my side. Yeah, yeah. 
In the whip, thinking of your smile and your perfect laugh. I know you're still alive. Cause I feel presence. See next to me with you by my side. I'm indestructible, more powerful. I'm gonna make you proud. Saying I don't want one south. Fast tracking through the gold the gate, trying to get home or buy. I know everything's gonna be alright. Cause last week I seen you in my dream. And you said it's ain't by. You said don't shed no more tears. I just want you to know these sparkling tears contain cold memories and spark the projection from the fondest memories of my life. Each tears a flashback. Each tear runs down my face like a half bag. I celebrate them. This path I was meant for. Pain and lessons gifts from the heavens, no longer question. They strain my bomb, my sons. So we don't commit the same mistakes in the streets, cold game. To transform darks to light. We meant for to help the spark they shine i was made for i am king graduate unconditional love is what evolved my wings this is how i flew out of eternal purgatory changing my past to aviation of fly patterns moving through the cosmos like the green lantern with you by my side i'm afraid to fly with you by my side i feel the urgency to truly live life with you by my side i understand we don't ever really die we walk in stars destined to rise we rise All right, and we are back. So again, that was Walking Stars by Ismail Lara, who was actually at the Mental Health Symposium over at College of Marin that we were at. We were actually yep. all at that. Um, so shout out to the Mental Health Symposium over at College of Marin. A great event, yep. great outreach event, lots of great speakers. Um, and yeah, speaking of events, though, uh, we have the Seeds of Hope uh, lunch celebration coming up actually next Monday. Uh, Librada, do you want to... Talk yeah, a little bit more about it. Yeah, so the Seeds of Hope is basically a bunch of resources that are coming together in one location. Um, and we go there, even MCM will be tabling. Um, Tay Radio, I think, will be there too. Um, and we go there to help the community. That's another way we help the community is through uh, uh, events like this, like the Seeds of Hope, you know, um, the College of Marin stuff. You know, we learn... And we go to these events. We out; those are our outreaches, you yeah. know. To um, you, we will see a lot of the clients or homeless population showing up. They have uh, haircuts. clothing, haircuts, massages. They'll have uh, food. You know, it's it's a great place to get a lot of resources and the help that we need or you anybody needs. And it'll be at the. Um Sarafal Community Center. So it's the, that community center that's yeah. near uh, Safeway. Street, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Albert Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Albert Park. Uh, it's, a, it's a good location, too, because yeah. there's a lot of homeless people that yeah. hang out around Albert Park. Yeah. Because um, I remember when I was a kid, I used to go there a couple times, and there was always, like, homeless yeah. people around. And that, that has caused a lot of people to complain about yeah. that park. They're still complaining. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, again... Part yeah. of the issue that we're trying, you guys are trying to fix. Yeah, and again, continue to do the work. So, yeah, thank you for for, for adding to that. Um, also, want to mention that open mic night is every last Friday of the month. Uh, I know that we canceled the one from last month, um, but that was. Don't worry, that was just a one-time thing. <laughs> we're, doing, we're, we're still back at open mic night, still happening. Um, so next one will actually be next Friday. Look at that, August twenty-fifth. So um, hope to see you guys there. Starts at six. Uh, there'll be free pizza, free drinks, and it'll just be a great time. So yeah. come on out to open mic night, and that's here at the Multicultural Center, Marin. So. Yeah, uh, but moving on, um, I wanted to kind of get more into, so I know we talked about mental health, um, we talked about the struggles um, that, you know, the homeless community goes through, um, and I wanted to start off with what, because 
what's very common with homeless when people associate homeless people they associate them with drugs yeah mm-hmm. right um and that's just unfortunately like yeah. a big part of it mm-hmm. because it just it's just everywhere right yeah. drugs are everywhere especially when and and drug dealers they find the most vulnerable people mm-hmm. yeah. one of the most vulnerable people yeah. homeless people um so that brings up my question of what is the number one most used drug here in Marin County among the homeless community? I believe it's fentanyl. Um, fentanyl is taking over basically the drug, everything right now. It's laced, it's laced with in everything, even marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think somebody was just telling me there was a kid that overdosed. Really? Jeez. Um, over... Uh, I, it was laced in some weed or something like mm-hmm. that, and they overdosed. Um, and then there's that popular video where the cop barely just touched it, mm-hmm. and he overdosed, you know. Yeah. So it's wow. a powerful, powerful, you know, drug that is claiming a lot of lives right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and speaking of that, of overdosing, right, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's very common yeah. among the homeless community. Uh I know that one of the ways to prevent overdosing or mm-hmm. to help someone who's currently overdosing is using Narcan. Narcan. Mm-hmm. And Kathleen, did you want to talk a bit more sure, about Narcan? Yeah. yeah. Well, Nar- Narcan, you might also hear it called naloxone, um, is used to prevent opioid overdoses. So it blocks the effects of that opioids have on the brain. Um, and the biggest one that typically actually causes people to, to overdose is like they stop breathing. And so it works almost immediately um, and what Marin County is doing a really great job of, uh, there's an organization called OD Free Marin. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend checking them out. Um, they do a lot of work and trainings for Narcan. What I think is great about it is anyone can, you can carry it with you. You know, anyone can use it. It's non-invasive in the way that you don't have to, it's not even like an EpiPen where you have to use a needle or anything. It's just a nasal spray. Typically the one that you get is a nasal spray. Um, and you can't, if someone, let's say you think they're overdosing and let's say they are passed out from alcohol or something else, if you give them this spray, it won't harm them. It can only help them if they are actually overdosing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend people carry it with them if they can. I think the more hands that we get it into in the county, the better off we'll be. Um, I had someone from OD Free Marin say out of all the Bay Area counties, Marin County is actually the third highest wow. in um, fentanyl mm-hmm. overdoses and and um and out of the other counties and, and same mm. thing with other drug usage. So I definitely recommend they have a list on their website of where you can get free Narcan and they also hold free Narcan trainings. Um, so I definitely recommend picking that up if, if it's possible because you can definitely save yeah, a life um, just by using it. And I believe we also have some here at yeah. MCM mm-hmm. yes. as well. So we also have Narcan here. We have yeah. a lot actually, I think, <laughs> right yeah. here at MCM. I think um, OD for Miranda is doing a good job too of... Um, giving out the word of that there's like Narcan training because mm-hmm. um, I didn't know about anything about Narcan until like a year ago mm-hmm. uh, when they were doing Narcan training at the Marine Teen Girl Conference oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah I was like it was something new for me but I think it's really sad that it's just the overdose rate is like increasing so it's very important to like you know be aware of um, what we can do to help others, mm-hmm. especially um, if it's like a, a an important and immediate action that 
mm-hmm. can be done to prevent overdose. Yeah. One thing yeah. I just want to add, just for, yeah. just for safety, little disclaimer, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, Narcan works for opioid overdoses. So not necessarily for every single type of overdose. So just in case anybody, you know, knows someone or just so you know, it's opioids oh. is the main thing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, opioids. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think one thing that I've noticed um, with the, like, just, like, drugs companies, like, they advertise, like, even the Jewel Pods, they advertise, like, that it's just a a happy time and everything is so fun. And they make it so colorful so, like, kids Mm -hmm. are, like, they want it because it looks like, because that's how they market it. They're marketing towards kids Mm -hmm. and teenagers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Um, Yeah. and that's really sad because, like, that can lead them to having um, like impact their mental health and, you know, the cycle that you mentioned of Mm -hmm. being homeless. And so um, I was just wondering, is there any programs or places homeless can visit to detox any unhealthy, unhealthy substances? Yeah. So we do have one location here called Helen Vine Mm -hmm. that can go detox. Um, Where's that located at? That is located uh, in, here in San Rafael, okay. up by uh, McGinnis Park. Oh. Yeah. So also there is, we are also working with the doctor, Dr. Davidovitz, over at Marin General. Mm. He is the, um, I forgot what he's called, but he works with people that want to detox. So if they need a medical detox, mm-hmm. we can send them over to the emergency room and I have him ask for him and he'll work with them. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard, at least from my understanding, like it's very hard for um, someone who's addicted to any like drug to like just like stop using it because yeah. it can be very harmful. Yeah. And so there's like certain steps into do it much safer. safer yeah. For right. sure. And that also leads me to ask, what are some of the housing programs that are out there or housing resources that are available for for the homeless? So right now, we, um, the county started a program called Whole Person Care. So basically, we do like what we call V.I. Spadat mm. for short, because I can't remember the whole name. <laughs> I call it a vulnerability assessment. Mm, you know? okay, okay. Um, so we give them that, and then we put them into the system. And then from there, they get put where they need to get put. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can work with getting them Section 8 or some type of housing program, whether it's like um, or a housing case manager that will work with them and either getting them into an SLE or um, some type of housing program. Gotcha. We also have um, Jonathan's Place. Mm-hmm. It was the homeless shelter. Um, we do referrals constantly there mm-hmm. Mondays and Tuesdays for clients that are just getting out of jail and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and Kathleen, do you, so you drive a lot of the clients over to these places? Yeah. If needed, we'll drive if them. Okay. If they don't have any access mm-hmm. to it, we will. Um, and so typically Librato, um, our other coworker, Adrian, myself, um, will e- take them either to a program or to housing, depending on what they Gotcha. Need. And how are those homeless shelters kind of set up or? Well, this uh, one's yeah. brand new. Mm-hmm. This oh, one's okay. brand new. Like, yeah. I think it just opened up this year yeah. or the mid oh. last year or something like that. But it's super brand new. Mm-hmm. They got uh, the homeless shelter at the bottom. 
mm-hmm. and housing up on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like gotcha. three or four floors of housing and like one or two floors of homeless shelter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We got a tour of it earlier yeah. this year and mm-hmm. it was, I mean, it was really it's nice. It's brand new, everything. Yeah. They got yeah. kitchens on every floor, shared kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty nice. Wow. And is it needed for them to have a referral to be going to these homeless shelters? So clients can actually self-refer to Jonathan's Place. Again, the referrals are open Mondays and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. I highly recommend if you yourself or you know someone who needs housing to call right at 10 a.m. on on Mondays. Because likely Rado saying we, you know, and it's not just us, so many organizations that work with people who are currently unhoused we're all sending we're all sending referrals at the same time yeah so it really is and only so many spaces open up every week Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so um people can self-refer if they need to and then also if they are you know working with an agency or an organization they can also ask that a referral be sent in on their behalf yeah Mm. gotcha and have you been in have you seen instances where like there's no more space in the yes to be honest most weeks yeah that's really unfortunate i would say we we consider ourselves lucky if we get yeah. one client in mm-hmm. a week. Mm. Like that's a good week yeah. for us if we're able to get someone in because yeah. there are just so many people who need housing and right. so few spaces available yeah. in Marin County. Mm. Yeah. yeah, especially with how high rent is yeah. over mm-hmm. here. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. It's, yeah, there needs to be something done with that. Basically, yeah. impossible for a lot of yeah. these people to even get. Even yeah. like even the low income housing is expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like that's that's just a whole other issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and also why I think we just see so much yeah. homeless people out here in Sarah yeah. and Marin. Yeah, and to be honest with you, a lot of these homeless probably lose their. Well, they end up homeless because they can't afford to pay the rent. Right, and then it goes back into oh, I need to survive. There comes the drugs and everything else, mm-hmm. you know, so they don't start off of being drug addicts or anything like that, mm-hmm. but they end up being drug addicts just for survival mode. Yeah, I'd right. say a really big misconception is that, you know, people turn to drugs first and yeah. then become, then lose everything. And yeah. I would say actually when you talk to a lot, and obviously I can't speak for everyone, but when you talk mm-hmm. to a lot of these, like at mm-hmm. least my clients, um, a vast majority of them turn to drugs more or, you know, alcohol or any kind of substance when they're on the street Mm -hmm. um, as a way to kind of cope with living on the street. You know, like Mm -hmm. you said, there's so much trauma that comes Mm -hmm. along with that. um, And it's a good way to kind of to to numb Numb it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just relates to like mental health and how um, it's like they need assistance when they do have um, uh, mental health um, struggling with mental health. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And, I was wondering also, like, what programs can assist homeless people who are going through um, mental health or, like, episodes um, that they need help with? So right now, we got lucky. We There's a new program that just came into town. It's called the SAFE Team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. basically when um, – and we've called them here several times, yeah. too, yeah. you know. I have um, the experience. Yeah. <laughs> so we um, will call the either 911 – or the non-emergency, mm-hmm. and have them dispatch them out here. They will, you know, assess them and take them where it needed to right. be. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't take them wherever they need to be, and basically either me or my coworker Adrian mm-hmm. um, are around, and they need to go to like the hospital, and for some reason, 
one of the emergency re- uh, emergency responders didn't take them, we will take them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and what I wanted to also add is the the safe team. So, like you said, like if you call nine one one, it's an option you have yeah. available now. Yeah. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to completely call the police. Cause yeah. Right. I feel like that's that comes with de-escalation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Of yeah. someone having a mental breakdown or someone. Yeah. Um, which again, I was gonna gonna ask here, um, but just to add to that question, mm. um, when de-escalating someone, mm-hmm. I think the number one thing is to not like make it worse, right? <laughs> or, or like, or like <laughs> add anything or ask yeah. for any help because yeah, a, I think before the safe team, like the only real choice was mm-hmm. the cops, mm-hmm. yeah, and like that's the one thing, and that's a whole other issue, right? Mm-hmm. Is the relationship that cops have with the homeless right. community? Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of cops that are unfortunately very, very abusive, yeah, of the community and don't fully understand mm-hmm. exactly what's going on, so. When, when a lot of these homeless people that have been here for a while, mm-hmm. they see either people they know, other homeless people get, you know, like yeah. attacked or just violence from the police. Yeah. So their they're trust, that, and that's where that, yeah. that kind of cycle of like untrustworthy, like yeah. un, like not trusting anyone comes mm-hmm. from. Because um, it comes from the, the authority of the police yeah. and, and a lot of them. So the safe team is a great alternative yeah. to de-escalating a situation where yeah. a homeless person's having like, you know, just an episode. Yeah. Because... They don't come in like in a full cop suit or anything no. like that. No, no, you no, no uniform, no police uniform, none of that. Yeah. Because as soon, I feel like as as soon as you bring that into the picture, yeah, they're gonna go even oh, yeah. more berserk. Oh, yeah. You know what Definitely. I mean? Like it's just, and and you don't want that. No. You know, and a safe team. From what I saw, from you know, we've had a couple instances here of of that happening. Um, it's just what I see. And what I really respect about the safe team is that they're very calm. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they come in. They don't look like cops at all. They just look like social workers, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's kind of what they are. Yeah. Um, and they are very soft-spoken. They're very understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for the people who can yeah. do that job because it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to take in, yeah. uh, I feel like, for their own mental health because mm-hmm. they're in it. They're in it at that moment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... To navigate such a complicated and and be have to be very careful mm-hmm. with what mm-hmm. they say and how they handle that situation. Yeah. It's oh yeah, definitely it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think you mentioned about like mental health and how that could affect you guys too. So how do you guys alleviate any uh, stress or you know struggles that you guys have from your work? Yeah, I think it is definitely a job where pretty hard to not take stuff home with you you know i think Mm -hmm. it takes a special kind of person to be able to just leave it at work and to Mm -hmm. be quite honest i don't think many of us can Mm -hmm. um what i would say obviously there's certain things we you know you can't go home and talk about it the same way because then you're you know you don't want to violate hipaa or anyone's (laughs) rights or anything and so the base sorry could you explain what hipaa is yeah hipaa is just what protects you as a client so for example it'll protect like your, you know, you may have heard of HIPAA as far as like a doctor's office, mm-hmm. right? Like they can't discuss your personal medical mm-hmm. anything information with anyone that's not you without your consent. Right. And so HIPAA applies in a lot of other instances. Mm-hmm. And this is an example of one. Um, so, for example, you know, you you can't share like, oh, and Librado said this to me mm-hmm. and yeah. did, did this and like I sent him here. Right. It's specific. So you can say, you know, oh, there was a client of mine that was homeless because mm-hmm. there's no identifying information mm-hmm. tied to that. But you don't want to share anything. And HIPAA also yeah. includes, like, if I said the guy sitting next to me in the Raiders hoodie, you know, <laughs> and like that's enough yeah. identifying information for you to know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but just sorry to back to your question. <laughs> yeah. um, the biggest thing I think 
is really, for me at least, I feel so incredibly lucky. I have incredible coworkers, you know, and they are also bound by, by HIPAA. So, we, you know, <laughs> and they work with the same clients. And so sometimes you will have a really hard, like, assessment. I'll go upstairs and I'll come down and I just need to take a beat, you know. And um, so I would say relying on the people that you do work with, that, like, we're a team. And we're mm-hmm. in this together. And we're all, you know, we want to see, like we said, our clients succeed and we want to see each other succeed in this field and and be the best version of ourselves in this field um and then i'd say just on a personal level i tell people if you know know when i call it knowing when to tap out so there will be times let's say if if there's a very emotional or emotionally charged kind of interaction that leaves you a little you know as as a person Mm -hmm. you know there are times where you get a little flustered um just taking a minute for yourself. And mm-hmm. that again comes back to the coworkers. Sometimes I'll tell Librato, you know, I need to take a minute. Can I go get a cup of coffee, come back and just take some time to reground yourself? Because if you continue pushing yourself, you're not going to be the best version of yourself for your other clients. And mm-hmm. it's, it's from my opinion, you know, I always want to show up my best version so I can help them to the best of my ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just knowing when to step back, other people are always willing to step forward if you need it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So basically Almost the same thing, you know, just um, self-care, mm-hmm. so, self-care, I don't, whatever it is, I go home, play video games, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it did take me a while to learn not to take it home, mm-hmm. you know, and there are some times where I'm just like, oh, man, I could have done this, I could have done that, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and w- then I got to remember once I get home, you know, because I have a daughter, you know, so I can't let her see that affect me. Mm-hmm. So I have to find a way and it's video games or going to church, you know, um, softball, softball. <laughs> you guys play softball? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not know. Well, we're about to have a scrimmage <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah. But well, I, I've gotten really into softball <laughs> and LeBron and I have yeah. been talking lots of softball and baseball. So, yeah. So, Stuff like that, you know, helps really, like, calm me down and, you know, leave that at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, uh, I, I think I can relate with, I think, just, like, finding different outlets yeah. uh, to relieve any stress. Mm-hmm. For me, personally, I go on runs when I'm, like, mm-hmm. really stressed out just because it helps me feel much better. There's, like, I'm pretty sure there's something um biological about it like mm-hmm. i think it releases endorphins yeah, if i'm correct <laughs> so <laughs> it just really helps me like just run and um and if i can't run i just you know take a nap <laughs> 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 which is the opposite of running but you know that's something that helps me i don't know if you want to have any suggestions yeah i mean like i said um doing a sport like doing something active mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. think is just such a good way of de-stressing from a lot of negativity and mm-hmm. a lot of like negative just again like you guys were saying it's it's part of the job yeah um, but even when I'm trying to de-escalate something here in mm-hmm. the office and a lot of the things that the clients are saying, it can screw you up after yeah. a while because oh, you're yeah. thinking Definitely. about it you're like, dang, that's awful. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is happening like another human being. And yeah. another thing we didn't even touch upon is that there's also people living in boats. Oh, yeah. 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 That's another, that's another yeah. thing that people should know. So yeah. they go through their own other experiences in oh, there. Yeah. And it's just crazy to like for me to come home and just think about that because I mean I don't work on this field but I, mm. I get to see a lot of what you guys work yeah. because you guys are here and um, 
you know, it just opened up my eyes. But I mean, yeah, I mean, just to go back, I, I just de-stress again, same thing, mm-hmm. video games and, and just um, and also hanging out with friends. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. I really just going out with friends on the weekends and just kind of de-stressing and, and kind of taking away work because you can yeah. get really invested into this type mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. You really oh, yeah. can. You can. But it's not healthy either. Right. Yeah. So no. it's about finding that balance. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things I I would say is like, don't take anything personal when you're working. Oh, yeah. Just because it, it's just like, you, like for me, I've noticed that if you take it personal, it's just going to start, you know, fighting, quarrels, anything yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. um, and it just... It's the opposite of de-escalating, for sure. One thing I would also say is just don't be afraid to get help yourself if you need it. There's a lot of secondary trauma that comes with this field. Mm -hmm. I mean, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we have clients that that pass away, Mm -hmm. you know, and, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, He's saying there's a lot of stuff that you hear that you think about later on and, you know. That's awful. Um, So one thing I would kind of also mention is there's... um, this thing called the street chaplaincy in Marin County. And there's this wonderful chaplain and she's, um, no particular religion, but she, um, her name's Charlotte. She's Mm -hmm. lovely. And she also hosts, um, I think it's like a biweekly meeting just for service providers too. If you're a service provider and need some help, like there is sometimes a stigma about reaching out because, Oh, you should be used to this field. You know, Mm -hmm. you should, you've been doing this for years or why would this person's case bother you more than others? And, um, so I think just not being afraid to reach out when things are too much for yourself. Yeah. 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 No, thank you for mentioning that. And I did have another question, which is, um, what advice would you have? Would, what advice would you give to any youth who would want to work in this field? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how can they start, um, being more involved? Do you want me to start <laughs> yeah. with that? Yeah. Okay. I'd say the first thing is, is, um, identify why you're passionate about this field. I think there's a lot of different reasons people want to get into it. Like mm-hmm. earlier when they brought it was saying, you know, he had personal experience in the, in that system mm-hmm. and wanted to not only, I mean, I think it's very honorable, not only broke himself out of that system, but wanted to help other people. That takes a lot to not only lift yourself out, but then do the same for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so definitely identify what your why is, I think, because mm-hmm. that will help you determine kind of, you know, there's a lot of sub, subfields within this greater field that you could go um you know and i would also say just be really patient um like you were saying it is i you know myself i started relatively recently in this field um you know i haven't been doing this for years Mm -hmm. and there's so much that you've learned just through trial and error i mean it really is like you there's even now there's nothing that you can you cannot predict what your day looks like at all. You cannot expect anything. Um, and to just be okay with that. I think a big thing is just identify if you're someone that can kind of roll with the punches and, and Mm -hmm. be adaptive if you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would also say just cause I know we've, we've touched on some kind of heavy stuff. Um, just there's so much more good. I think it's really easy just as a society as a whole to, especially with homelessness, you know, Mm -hmm. you see it and it's human suffering and it's, hard because humans are naturally empathetic so it's really hard to see that suffering and i think we're really taught to ignore it in a lot of ways you know you you don't look at homeless people you don't interact with them you just kind of if someone's having a mental health crisis and you know something's going on we kind of just walk by and make ourselves small and i would say 
for youth, don't be afraid to do something. Now, I'm not saying get physically, you know, involved, yeah. but don't be afraid to call the safe team yeah. or to make a step because making any action, no matter how small, is better than than no action. And then I think you can definitely count yourself in, you know, there's so many more people that want to make positive change. So no matter how much of the the negative that's shown on the media or that's talked about or it's in newspapers or whatever it is, um, there's so many people behind the scenes for every, I'd say for every one person, one client, you'll have 10 people that are working together to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's always very inspiring and motivating to me. So don't let the, um, the negative overshadow just how much good there is. That's why yeah. the field exists in the first place. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. So basically what she mm -hmm. says, I mean, I think she said it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say thank you for, um, adding that because I think for youth, they kind of get stuck on like what they can do. Mm -hmm. And I think one, one that you mentioned was the safe team. Mm -hmm. Like if they, they need help or if they're having a, like a episode mm -hmm. can, um, help with calling the safe team. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned about, um, the, just to call for, um, homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. Do you mind repeating again? What what's the name? Of yeah, it? it's called Jonathan's Place, and their intake is on Mondays and Tuesdays, and it starts. It's a range. I think yeah. it goes from ten to one. Ten to four. Oh, ten to four. Thank oh, you. Okay. But call at ten. Almost yeah. my yeah, thing. Yeah. I tell people yeah. I whenever I hand out the information to clients, I only highlight the ten o'clock. Yeah. So I'm like, that's when you need to call. By, by ten thirty, they're probably already full. Yeah, that's yeah. how fast. Mm -hmm. it goes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And I just wanted to add to um, that uh, you could also youth can do do as well, like over the holidays. I know there's a lot of homeless people out mm -hmm. um, during that time. And w what I know, I think Kim did this actually last year uh, was she gathered like a lot of hygiene supplies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just handed it out to the Oh, homeless. they love that. Yeah. They, do. Yeah. They, they do love that. So yeah. doing simple things like that, I think can go a long way definitely, definitely. What, what homeless people are always going to need is re resources yeah. like yeah. that you yeah. know mm -hmm. i'd say if you can you know give resources like you're saying mm -hmm. you know either fundraise them or hold a drive i think if you can't not everyone can give resources right i'd say volunteer your time there's so many organizations that are involved in this work and like you were saying earlier i think if it's something you want to pursue as a career it's also a great way to gain experience in the field mm -hmm. um and, you know, also those simple things, just giving someone a smile, just acknowledging them, you know, mm -hmm. just having a little more empathy the next time there is a situation that might, you know, that involves either someone who's unhoused or or someone who's going through a mental health crisis. Just, you know, I think a little more empathy can always yeah. go a long way. And that's something that we can always give, you know, no matter what our background or our situation is. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's also a program called Homeward, Homeward Bound, mm -hmm. I yeah, believe. It's part of Jonathan's place. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, oh, they run. Okay. It's a big, um, there's basically two homeless uh, shelters in this place, but you can't get to the second one without mm -hmm. going through Jonathan's place. Yeah. Uh, that's why we only talk about Jonathan's place because mm -hmm. you got to go through there to get to the other spot. Yeah. And yeah. I think they do offer um, volunteer for for anyone who wants to volunteer and help so yeah. if any youth is interested i think you should check that out mm -hmm. um but i think we should also mention that we would want to put these resources on our comments 
on our show. Um, so keep on look out. We're going to be posting that soon. And yeah, if you guys have any questions, you can always reach out to Kathleen and Librado. Librado <laughs> with <laughs> I know your name. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's on Multicultural Center Marin. You yeah. guys can look it up. But we are at our end of the show. So thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you guys in the audience who has watched us. And we'll see you next week. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.